up on today's federal newscast. More guidance for federal employees enduring the partial government shutdown. The White House appears to be preparing for the shutdown to continue for some time. And how this current shutdown is affecting the government playing catch-up from the 2013 shutdown. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm your host, Eric White. The Office of Personnel Management offers up long-awaited new guidance on how accepted federal employees can take leave during the government shutdown. It says employees can take approved leave using normal procedures and get paid and charged for it after the fact. Or, accepted employees can choose to enter furlough status to take time off and not be charged. OPM is also urging agencies to be as accommodating as possible to federal employees working without pay during the government shutdown, reminding agencies of workplace flexibilities like telework and flexible start and end times, which might help ease some of the burdens accepted employees are feeling right now. OPM Acting Director Margaret Weikert says some accepted employees are paying for transit out of pocket. Others have lost child care subsidies. Agency leaders are asked to provide a list of the highest impact programs jeopardized if the shutdown continues into the spring. The Washington Post reports White House Acting Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney wants the list no later than Friday. It's the first sign of the administration preparing for a long-term shutdown. Settlement of damages from the 2013 shutdown is held up by the current shutdown. More now from Federal News Network's Tom Temin. After the 2013 shutdown, a judge awarded 25,000 plaintiffs liquidated damages equal to their back pay. Bean counters have been calculating each plaintiff's damages ever since. But Assistant Attorney General Joseph Hunt tells the U.S. Court of Federal Claims and plaintiffs' attorneys that process stopped in December, the onset of this season's partial shutdown. Hunt promises the next progress report on February 21st. I'm Tom Temin. Federal employees will have more time to donate to the combined federal campaign. The Office of Personnel Management says feds can donate to any of the CFC's 8,000 charities up to one month after the shutdown ends. January 11th was the original deadline. Donations through payroll deductions won't go into effect either until employees are paid again. Donations can still be made online through a credit card or a bank account. Chair of the House Science, Space and Technology Committee Eddie Bernice Johnson asks Energy Secretary Rick Perry to address reports of canceled agency travel due to the shutdown. She says committee staff has learned of canceled travel plans at the Office of Energy, Efficiency and Renewable Energy. The Energy Department has funding and is not directly impacted by the shutdown. As small businesses continue to feel the brunt of the partial government shutdown, they may now face a growing backlog of loan applications at the Small Business Administration. Maryland Senator Ben Cardin writes to SBA Administrator Linda McMahon asking about the status of loan processing at two centers. Cardin says application reviews for the 7A and 504 programs are shut down, costing small firms access to about $117 million a day in capital. Young Americans say they're interested in public service, but don't know about all of the opportunities there are. The Congressionally Chartered Commission on Military, National, and Public Services Interim Report says the public is frustrated by the time and complexity of the federal hiring process. The commission will submit its final report to the President and Congress by March 2020. 
The Navy is going to have a difficult time prosecuting the commanding officer of the USS Fitzgerald for his role in one of two deadly collisions in 2017. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has details. A military judge has disqualified the Navy admiral who initially convened the court-martial against Commander Bryce Benson. According to Stars and Stripes, Admiral Frank Caldwell made comments outside the case that abdicated his role as a neutral arbiter and made him appear more like a prosecutor. With Caldwell disqualified, the Navy would need to find another flag officer who could act as a neutral convener authority, a step that some legal experts say is unlikely. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. The House Oversight and Reform Committee sets its sights on security clearances at the White House. In a letter to White House Counsel Pat Cifalone, Committee Chairman Elijah Cummings asks for a slew of documents as well as transcribed interviews with all employees of the White House Personnel Security Office. The House gives the State Department a cost-effective way to deal with cybersecurity problems. Here's Federal News Network's Jason Miller with more. The State Department may be the next one of a growing number of agencies authorized to hunt for cyber bugs. The House passed the Hack Your State Department Act Tuesday. The bill authorizes both a bug bounty program and a way for the agency to give researchers more information about real and potential cyber threats. State would join the Air Force, the Marines, and DHS as among those agencies using bug bounty programs to find and mitigate cyber vulnerabilities. Currently, there is no Senate companion for Congressman Ted Lewis' bill. I'm Jason Miller. Congressman Anthony Brown of Maryland is selected as the vice chairman of the House Armed Services Committee. Brown is the committee's first vice chairman since 2014, when Congressman Mac Thornberry held the position under then-chairman Buck McKeon. Brown will serve under Chairman Adam Smith. When Brown was lieutenant governor of Maryland, he led the base realignment and closure subcabinet and the implementation of Maryland's BRAC plan, which ensured the state of Maryland would be ready for the 28,000 households that came to the state as a result of the BRAC process. And Congressman Mike Quigley, co-chair of the House Transparency Caucus, brings back a bill to make thousands of agency reports to Congress public. The Access to Congressionally Mandated Reports Act would require the Government Accountability Office to manage a central, searchable website for those reports. Quigley first introduced the bill in 2011 and has brought it back over the past five Congresses. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Subscribe to the Federal Newscast on iTunes or Podcast One. And follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. 